open them up to Revelation chapter 2. I have to preach this. Now, by the way, this is a shorter message than usual. Now I know why. But here's the deal. I have to preach this because it goes along with everything that's happened in here today. All right, Revelation 2, 1 through 7. <clears throat> it says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus, right. These things uh, says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this, this against you, that you have left, underline it, left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So in here, Jesus was speaking to the church of Ephesus specifically. But it's important enough that the Holy Spirit put it in the Word of God. So if it's in the Word of God, He's speaking it to all of us and to the whole body of Christ. Amen? Now, the church at Ephesus, it says they were doing all the good works, but Jesus had something against them, and it was this. You have left your first love. Say first love. You see, their fervent love and passion and their pursuit for God, it stopped. Now, here's what the word fervent means. Fervent means to do something with hot, with passion. Say passion. Now, this is a sober reality that the body of Christ needs to wake up to, okay? That it's possible to do the right things and have good works, yet your heart be disconnected from our Heavenly Father, from our Lord Jesus Christ. Many times when people first get saved, they're in love with Jesus, aren't they? You remember that? And then some time passes, and they begin to lose that flame, that fervency, that fervent love that they once had for Him on the inside. They lose that passion. See, this is what it's like. It's like a husband and wife in a troubled marriage. They started off amazing and in love when they first met, and then they failed to maintain that feeling, that closeness, that fervency, and it goes away. And now, 10 years, 20 years later, they find themselves roommates with a marriage license. Do you know if you're a Christian, you have a marriage license and you're married to the Lord Jesus Christ? You do know that, right? But some of us are just roommates. Come on, somebody. Psalm 11.3 says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I, the Holy Spirit gave me that verse in this sense of it. Listen, if the foundation of fervent love that you held on to when you first came to Christ is no longer there. What can a person do of any worth in the kingdom of God? 
You can't do anything of worth if you've lost that connection, that fervency. Say, I need to be fervent. That person will do works with the wrong motives in their heart, and that's not pleasing to God. The Word of God calls that dead works. Say dead works. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. Let me give you a little uh, reminder here of this because it's so important to, to know this. Many people are just like, well, I'm good, right? I do a lot of good things. I help the poor. I do a lot of good things. Let's, let's, let's bring us back to spiritual reality that it's about relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. There must be love attached to it. Amen? So this passage says that we can do all these things, but it will profit us nothing if we don't have love. I want to point something out about this passage, too. In, in actually all of 1 Corinthians 13, it's called the love chapter. Don't you like that? It's the love chapter. It's, it's your, your supernatural definition of what love is, all right, according to God. And so the Holy Spirit said, not only do these characteristics of love, as you keep reading, <clears throat> of these love applied to others, but apply them to your relationship with God as well. Love is patient. How many of you have been a little impatient with God? Oh, come on, somebody. Are you following me? You've been a little impatient. God, why are we doing this quicker? What's going on? Oh, no, love is patient. That means you've got to be patient with God and let his will play out in your life as well. Are you following me? So throughout all the pages of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, God has made it very clear to mankind that he just doesn't want your good works. Come on, somebody. He wants our heart. If he has your heart, he has everything. He has your whole life. Amen? Now listen to this. We, I want to bring a reminder today. All right, This is kind of more of a basic message, but man, we need to hear it. Listen, God's original intent is still his intent today. It has not changed. We need to go back to the original intent. And when here's the problem. When we lose sight of the original intent of God for creating us, that's when we start to fall away from him. That's when we start to backslide. Amen? Amen. How many of you know that's when it happens? But if you'll keep that fresh, oh my goodness, I mean, it'll change your whole walk with God. See, when sin entered the earth, God had a backup plan, and the devil didn't even know it. It says, if the devil would have known, if, if all of the kingdom of darkness would have known, it said they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Are you following me? Say, thank you, Lord, for the backup plan. He sent his son, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, to make a way for all mankind to still have the opportunity to be in right standing. Why? Because God always wanted a family. 
And when human and mankind sinned against him, come on somebody, when that stopped, he had a backup plan. Why? Because he still wants a family. Mm, I love it. He wants sons and daughters of God. Amen? So God was still purpose-driven to have a, having a family even after the fall. I like that. Those who receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior by faith have legally been set free from Satan's power and Satan's grip and been put and set into the family of God. Amen? Now, so Satan legally has no authority over you since Jesus took it back. Are you following me? Now, listen to this. Here's what, oh, someone's got to hear this. The kingdom of darkness is hoping that you let them borrow your authority. Oh, listen to me. Oh, my goodness. You see, if you'll get a revelation of that, your life will change. Your walk on this earth will change. The, let me say it again. The kingdom of darkness is hoping that you let them borrow your authority from Jesus. Because they have no authority. The kingdom of darkness has no authority except for what you give them. Okay? That is why they try to negatively influence you on this earth. They're wanting you by your own free will to transfer your authority from Jesus to them. So listen now. Here we go. The main point that I want to share with you that will change your life, if you really take hold of this, is this. We were created by God, the original intent, to have fellowship with Him. That's why, that's why He created us. To be his son, to be his daughter. That's why he did it. He wanted a family. If you have fallen away from the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have fallen away, you've grown cold, you've gotten lukewarm in your walk with him, I can guarantee you that you have lost sight of that original intent of God. If you truly meditate on it, I'm telling you, if you will daily meditate, come back. In fact, write it out on a note card, what God's original intent for creating me was. And look at it every morning when you get up. It will change your relationship with him forever. Because it's not a legalistic thing. It's He wants a family. Amen? Say family. Ooh, that, I mean, that, that word is just... Stuck in my spirit all week. Family. He wants, he wants a family. Have you ever noticed that we as humans gravitate toward individuals that, that truly value or love us? Why? Because the basic human need is love and acceptance. That's why if you will keep this fact in God's original t- intent in your thought life, it will cause you to gravitate to him and not run from him when you make a mistake. Are you following me? Now, here's the deal. Now, some people gravitate to people who abuse them. Some people gravitate to people. You you know, some people gravitate to people when they treat them bad. You ever see that before? You remember that in high school? Anybody remember this? In all those teeny bopper relationships, right? The the person, the, the guy who's treating the girl the worst, she's chasing after him. And then you got someone who's a really nice guy who's going to be good to her, and she don't she doesn't care. She wants the bad boy. Oh, come on, somebody! Come on. 
those people that do that, they have, they're, they're, they have lies. They're holding on to lies in, in their subconscious part of their, my, their mind. And they have soul ties that need to be broken. Only an evil or an ungodly soul tie would cause a person to want to be with someone who's abusing them. Are you following me? All right. So that's why it's so important to get this revelation of, of how much God loves you and what his original intent was. We need to meditate on that original intent of why he created us. And when you do that, it'll soften your heart. It'll soften your heart and make you pliable toward God. Are you doing good today? Okay, here we go. The truth, that truth will cause you to wake up with joy in your heart, knowing that your creator, your creator, say, he's my creator. The creator of heaven and earth, of everything, right? That he wants and desires that personal relationship with you. He wants that friendship. He wants that closeness. He wants that intimacy. All right? Then you won't just see the Christian life, like I said, as legalistic. Do's, don'ts. Are there do's and don'ts? There is. But the reason you should be doing the do's and don't doing the don'ts is because you want to please God. Are you following me? There's some things you ought not to get involved in as a Christian. Amen? I mean, let's just tell it like it is, right? So you will have a desire to obey and please him because of that intimacy with him. A true and fulfilling relationship has emotional intimacy. You agree with that? When you have a revelation of how much he loves and values you, I'm telling you, it will rock your world. Go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Let me show you something here. Psalm 139. Someone needed to hear this today. See, see now, a, a mature, as you mature in your walk with God, let me just tell you a little secret. As you mature in your walk with God, you won't constantly need to have someone say, oh, God loves you. God, he, God loves you. No, are you following me? Come on. Are, is anybody breathing in here today? Okay, you've been a Christian for 20, 30 years. You, someone shouldn't have to tell you that God loves you. You should know that, right? That's a level of immaturity that shows that you constantly have to... Are you following me? All right. There's a point where in your Christian walk that you need to know and understand that Jesus loves you and he went to the cross. Amen? And died for you. Now, Psalm... And rose again. Psalm 39, 139. And let's look at uh, verses 13 through 18. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. The womb should be the safest, safest place in the universe for a human. Are you following me? I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Say soul. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance uh, being yet unformed. And in your book, they, are all, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Ooh, that's good. God knew you before you were even made. Think about that. Wow. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be... This is a love letter from God. Hello, somebody. 
If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. My goodness, this is powerful. God personally formed you in your mother's womb. Your value, by the way, does not come based from someone else. Listen, your value doesn't come from another created one. Your value is placed on you from your creator. If you'll get a revelation of that, you'll break free from the punks that you're with right now. Come on, somebody. Right? God has so much more. I don't know why I keep saying that. Someone needs to hear it. Nobody in here. It's got to be someone watching online, right? But look at verses 16 through 18. God thinks precious thoughts toward you and me. Many thoughts about us. God is constantly thinking about you. He's constantly thinking about me. Oh, God doesn't have time for me. You know what that is? That's a fruit of immature, spiritual immaturity. God's big enough to think about everybody at the same time. In fact, your natural mind, you can't even comprehend or fathom God. So just give it up. And just trust that he's thinking it. If the word said he's thinking about you all the time, he's thinking about you all the time. The heart of God is filled with good thoughts about you. Good thoughts. This is how sin is so deceiving. Listen, if we truly had a revelation of God's love and concern for us, we would run to him and not try to run from him. Come on. In fact... It would keep us from sin because a revelation of that love would prevent us from seeking false peace. Everything apart from Christ is false peace. You understand that? Everything, everything is false peace apart from Him. He is waiting for some of you listening to me to run back to Him right now. Come on. It's time to return to your first love, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Psalm 8. Psalm 8. I like that. First love. First love. Before anybody else loved you, Christ did. Are you following me? Think about that. Your first true love. He wants to take care of you. Amen. He wants to take care of your every need. You need to lean upon Him. You need to trust in Him. Amen. Psalm 8. <clears throat> Look at this. O O Lord, our our Lord, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, think about that, think about that, The, the, the universe, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you are mindful of him? His mind is full of you right now. And the son of man that you visit him. Oh, yes, did he visit us this morning? Sure, he lives in us, but there's a different thing about him living in us for where he manifests his glory in in our location. He visited us this morning, amen? For you have made him... Man, a little lower than the angels. Mm. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. It's talking about us. You have made him to have dominion over all the works of of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. 
O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Uh, the Psal- Psalms are a wonderful thing, aren't they, to read? They're so filled with revelation, and they straighten your stinking thinking out. Come on, somebody. Amen? Verse 2, though. This is talking about those who have childlike faith, those who trust and love God. You love his word. Amen. The nursing infant. Think about that. A nursing infant is totally helpless, totally dependent upon a parent to feed them. And and that is where our strength in as Christians in total dependency. See, when we are trying to, to hold on to things, you're trying to hold on to that arm of flesh, that's when everything starts to fall apart. You need, you need a childlike dependency. In fact, some of you need to do this. You need to say, because some of you have just been in, in overdrive your whole life, and you need to say, I'm putting this thing in neutral right now. God, you take it. God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to focus on you. I'm just going to focus on you. I'm going to praise you no matter what comes my way. I'm going to read your word. Come on, somebody. I'm going to seek you. Lord, you're going to be at the center of my life. I take my hands off of everything that I've been trying to make happen. Come on. Amen. When you do that, I guarantee you, God will blow your mind. Miracles, provision. You'll just start to see it come through. I'm speaking by the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. Strength will rise as we wait on the Lord. You know that verse, right? Strength will rise when you try to do it in your own flesh. No, strength will rise when you wait upon the Lord. In other words, you you don't have strength when you run ahead of him. The Holy Ghost is called the helper, one called alongside to help. So you run ahead of him, that's when you're going to get weak. You feel burned out, I guarantee you, you're running ahead of God. You're doing something that God's not calling you to do. Are you following me? Because if you wait on the Lord, you wait, you've been running ahead. That means you left the Holy Ghost back there. You wait. Okay, I recognize my life's a mess. I'm waiting. Come on, Holy Ghost. Ah, that's better. Now I feel strength and now I feel peace again. Now I feel the joy of the Lord again. Are you following me? Don't try to force anything in the flesh. Because if you try to force something in the flesh, it will not be blessed. Come on, how many in here, you tried to do some things on your own, and and you thought it was good? Man, this is a perfect opportunity. And all of a sudden, you just don't have a lack. You you have a lack of peace. Man, you're starting to feel stressed out, right? You're, You're starting to get some ulcers. You're starting to... You're starting to get headaches. You're starting to feel dizzy as you pursue this thing. God's saying, I didn't tell you to pursue it. Follow peace and pursue that. Are you following me? Now, we are totally helpless and weak apart from a pure personal relationship with Jesus. All right? That relationship is God's divine order. Remember, anything you try to do outside of God's divine order, it's going to bring a lack of peace and mess into your life. Uh, Amen? No, it's not. Homosexuality is not true love. Are you following me? That's why individuals who are into it are a mess, right? That's why suicide uh, stats are, are off the charts with those. Because it's out of God's divine order. We love these people. We want to minister to them. We want to bring them back. Amen? Amen. And, and honestly, those who are involved in that thing, 
there's, there's usually something that happened in their life. There's, there's molestation. There's some, something happened that tweaks something, and, and they're believing this lie in their subconscious, and it causes a, a guy treat them bad. Well, I'm never going to have a guy again, and they go toward women. Are you following me? A, a guy got hurt by, by a woman or a mom or something like that, and all of a sudden, oh, forget. Forget the women species. I'm not, uh, you following me? See? Now, we come hard against people who try to promote homosexuality, and we need to do that. But let's break it down to, to the, right to the core. We love those people. Yeah. We want to see them delivered. Yeah. We want to see them set free. Yeah. Amen? But don't think for a minute that we're going to stand here as a church and, and, and be okay with someone promoting homosexuality. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Right? We're not going to do that. But if someone really wants help, if, if they want to come in here and hear the word, by all means, yes. let them hear. Amen? Yes. That's what we're called to do. Yes. Amen? Uh, now, verses 4 through 5, 4 through 5, it, uh, many people try to make humans equal. i got to say this because the Holy Spirit really put this on me. Many humans try to, uh, they try to make humans equal with animals. Are you following me? Or, or, or some even try to exalt animals over humans, all right? Now, now animals are great. I'm not saying abuse. If you're abusing an animal, you're a monster. Right? Are you following me? You take care of them. You love them. Animals are great. In fact, you grow a, a soul tide of those things. They're, you know, animals are awesome, right? But I, I, what I'm saying is, is that people try to exalt animals over humans, right? I mean... Don't touch the don't touch eagles. Don't touch whales, right? Uh, or else you're going to get thrown in jail for years. But it's okay in some states to kill a human life in the womb. That's what I'm saying right now. Are you following me? All right. It's that whole liberal agenda. Who do you think's behind that? Satan. Absolutely, because he hates what God's love. God loves, and he loves what God hates. Are you following me? So he's trying to. Satan knows how much. How, how, how important and how valuable we are to God. And that's why you're seeing all these things in this evil world system out here beyond these four walls. Amen? So God is mindful of man. He pays very close attention to us. His love is so deep and wide for us, it's mind-boggling. Uh, it's impossible to fully comprehend it with our human thinking, like I said. Um, but listen to this. You have made him a little lower than the angels. We read that. So if you read that just in the English, you think, oh, oh, angels then are above us. Listen to me. The Hebrew word that's translated angels is Elohim. Elohim is another word for God. Are you following me? All right. That's an interesting thing. The word Elohim in Scripture in places, 2 Kings 19.15 and other places, it, it, it uses the word God to translate Elohim. So you could say it this way. We as humans were created a little lower than God himself. Are you following me? But, but you read our, our goofy English language, right? You're thinking, oh, the angels are above us. No, 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 no. Elohim. You following me? Someone got a revelation back there. Come on. So what, here's what I'm saying. We as humans are the pinnacle, the focus of, uh, the focus of God's creation, okay? Angels and, angels and spiritual beings in the spiritual realm, they marvel at us. Do you understand that? 
they marvel at us. See, we're marveling at them when they appear or whatever, but not the gays. They marvel at us because we've been made a little lower than Elohim. We have been made in the image of God. Are you following me? That shouldn't, this, this whole thing shouldn't surprise us. As some of you are looking at me like deer in headlights, like, what do you mean a little lower than God? Yes, a little lower than God. We're made in the image of God. Angels were not made in the image of God. Are you following me? We humans were made in the image of God. All right? We were thought up in God's imagination and spoken into existence. Think about that. That's mind-blowing. Amen? Nothing else in creation, like I said, was made in the image of God, except for you and me. Everything that God created, listen to this, everything that God created before us was created to provide for us. It's no different than if you're pregnant in here right now. Guess what? You're probably buying things. You're, you're buying everything you need to provide for that child. And that's what God did. We were created the last. Are you following me? He provided everything we need and then created us. Said, there you go. Have a nice life. And then Eve does what she did. And Adam, he followed it, obviously. Right? I mean, think about this. God told Adam not to eat from it, right? So Eve did it, but obviously Adam did too because he was supposed to be responsible for what the woman did. Are you following me? Men and women still argue about where we're going to (laughs) eat. We always do. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? It all started in the garden. Now, (laughs) so verse 5 goes on to say that God has crowned us with glory and honor. Isn't that good? The word glory there is kabod. It's the same word used when, oh, I just seen angelic movement right down the center of that aisle. Wow. I just seen a swipe move. I'm telling you, kabod is used in the same context as when God, it was Shekinah and kabod. Those are the two words for glory. And so he's crowned us with glory. Think about that. Isn't that amazing? That's why the enemy wants to destroy us. Amen. I want you to notice something about Satan and evil spirits. Listen to this. They have taken this truth in in Psalm 8, and they've twisted it in the minds of mankind. For the unbeliever, listen to how the enemy twists it, one for the unbeliever and one for Christians. You ready? For the unbeliever, he's twisted it by telling them that they are God. Well, we know they're not. Nobody's higher than God. Are you following me? So the unbeliever, he lies to them and says, you are God. Well, he knows that he really can't twist a Christian into that thought. So what does he do for the Christian? He says, you're miserable and you're worth nothing. Are you, you see the two sides of it? For the unbeliever, whoa, you're God, you're God. For the unbeliever, you're miserable, you're a pile up, you're nothing. You following me? You're just, it meant a pile of dirt is where I was going. Stop thinking that. Are you following me? So, so remember in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3, 5, Satan told, uh, told Eve that if she ate the forbidden fruit, what did he say? She, that she would be like or equal to God. Right? Lucifer said when he got, when he, uh, before he got kicked out, this is what got him kicked out. He said, I will be like the Most High. 
Notice, he didn't say he would be better. He said, I'll be like. Because nobody's going to get higher and no one's going to be like him. God said, you're evicted. Are you following me? So Satan is a copycat. Everything that there is in the kingdom of God, there is a false in the kingdom of darkness. The gift of prophecy, word of knowledge, in the spiritual gifts, you got divination by demons in the, in the kingdom of darkness. Psychics. Are you following me? So Satan and in the whole kingdom of darkness are copycats. That's all they can do, and it's, it's uh, a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. Now, so again, so for the Christian, uh, and the enemy comes and says, you're worthless, you're powerless, you're meaningless, and you're a nobody to God. So you can see the difference of the attacks between an unbeliever and a Christian. Are you get, is someone getting a revelation of this? Satan will always try to challenge who you are in Christ. He will always challenge it. He works overtime to try and hinder that revelation of how valuable you are in Christ. Okay? So, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. There's nothing impossible through Him. Amen? And you sit with Christ in heavenly places. That's why the enemy, like I said, tries to come to influence us to willingly try to transfer our authority to them. Are you getting it? Satan even said to Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, he said, if you are the son of God. Oh, don't give me that, Satan. Don't give me it. Really? You can see the, the anointing of the Holy Ghost all over him in the spirit. He knows who he is. He knows who he was. Jesus knows who he was. But Satan still comes and says, he says, if you're the son of God. Now, here's what someone, if you get a revelation of this and, and you walk out with this, I've done my job. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Satan and evil spirits will throw random thoughts at you, hoping it will stick in your thought life. He takes a wet noodle and throws it against the wall. That wet noodle is that thought, that lie. And he throws it against the wall, hoping it sticks. You're worthless. You're nothing. You're going to die. This disease is going to take you out. All they're doing is throwing it, and they're just hoping it sticks. They're hoping you take it and make it your own. Because when you do that, guess what you did? You just gave them your authority. You just gave them. You just, you just opened the door to the devil right there. Come on. Someone needs to take their hand and rip that wet, those wet noodles off their, the mind, the wall of their mind. Are you following me? All right. So, when Satan and evil spirits try to challenge you and who you are, you, need, you, like Jesus, need to fight back with the Word of God. In fact, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. The, the Bible doesn't talk of any other offensive weapon except for the sword of the Spirit. The enemy hates the Word. Why do you think in, what, what is it, 53 countries around the world, that book is banned. There's a reason for it. That book is banned, but they let trash Keep going. Are you following me? The word of God is literally a sword. When you speak it in faith, the enemy sees a sword in the spirit realm. You had a vision of that, didn't you? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You having fun today? 
When you speak the word, here we go, the arguments in your mind or thought life for the Christian should end or be settled with the word of God. The word of God should be the, sem- the, uh, should be the settlement of the argument in your mind. But for some Christians, that's, that's not good enough. Why? Because they have Thomas faith. I got to see before I believe. But in the kingdom of God, you've got to believe before you see. i just seen more angelic movement right over there. You think I'm crazy? I'm not. Trust me. I'm, I know what I'm seeing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, so how couldn't you fervently love and obey God that values us so much? Think about it. It takes a deception not to say, God, I want more of you. It takes a deception to, to walk away from him and choose sin. It takes deception to fall into drugs. It takes, are you follow, it takes deception to love porn more than God. Amen. Are you following me, somebody? I'm almost done. Usually I have nine full pages. I have seven today. <laughs> the Holy Ghost knew what was going to happen. The commandments of God, listen, are not legalistic. They are the love of God showing us the path to blessing and intimacy with him. Say intimacy. And God has given us his Holy Spirit to empower us, to help us to be doers of the word. Amen. The word of God reveals to us the boundaries that separates God's property from Satan's property. Whose property do you want to live on? I can tell you right now, God has thoughts, full thoughts. His mind is full of good thoughts toward you. But here's the deal that nobody doesn't seem to understand in the body of Christ. God needs your cooperation. God didn't do these bad things to you. It's the enemy. You believe lies. You've ran away from him. But walk, come back to him. Run back to him. Amen. The Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. I want to close off with one more passage, Jeremiah 29. Go there with me. Jeremiah 29. We're going to put a nice cherry on top of this uh, Sunday here. Literally Sunday, right? Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) That was punny. Come on. All right. Jeremiah 29. 11 through 13. Look how powerful this is. This is amazing. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. This, he's talking to all of us here. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. Come on, somebody. Your life is not over. I don't care what you've experienced, what hardships you've experienced, who's passed away in your life, whatever happened, God still has a future and a hope because your future and a hope never hinged on anybody else except for him. Listen to this. Then you will call upon me and you will go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me, underline it, with all your heart. What I seen at this altar today during praise and worship, I seen people seeking God and praising him with all their heart. I felt it. Amen. Did you feel that? 
I mean, it was just powerful. So it's time to make first things first of Christianity. The first things, the priority, press into God with all of your heart. Love Him and pursue Him fervently because He has your best interest in store. Have you left your first love of Jesus? You need to remember that back when you first got born again, go back, start, reawaken, reawaken those, those feelings you had in the, begin, in the beginning. Amen? The times when you could not stop thinking about Him. Think about that. I hear people all the time say, wow, it, I was so close to God. What happened? Well, it doesn't happen immediately. It happens over time. That's the same way a marriage starts to go down. It doesn't happen immediately. It just, that distance starts to grow. Starts to grow. A little ignoring. There we go. Are you following me? If you are truly in love with someone, you will fill your thoughts and your whole life will revolve around that person. Amen? You start to make changes that will accommodate that love that you possess for that person. And so our lives as Christians, we need to revolve around Jesus Christ. It's time for us to make Jesus Christ the true love of our life again. Let's stand up in this place. Thank you, Lord. Prayer team, come on forward. Wow, I feel the presence of God in here. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, maybe there's someone in here. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Do not leave this sanctuary without making Jesus Lord of your life. If you would like to do that, you can come forward right now. Don't even wait. Just come forward and and meet up with one of our our prayer partners here. And we want to pray with you. See, make sure you get a... Uh, a new birthday, the born-again experience, amen? Now, maybe here, I, I would venture to say the bigger thing in this, in this audience is probably this, is that you have fallen away from God. You once were there, but you've fallen away, and you feel that distance. You don't feel that intimacy anymore. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, come forward. Don't even wait. Just come forward. Meet with someone up here, and they will pray with you. Now, if you need the Holy Spirit baptism, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with speaking in tongues, Come forward. We want to help you with that. Amen. Because not only do we want the authority active, which we have when you get born again, but we need the power. Amen. If you don't have that power, that supernatural ability, you're in a world of hurt. Amen. We need it. We need it. Now, maybe you need a prayer for healing or anything else. We'll stay here as long as you need. But let's do this. Let's make Jesus first. Write down on that card, like I said, that God's original intent for us. He created us for fellowship, for good things. Amen. Amen. Read it every morning. I guarantee you keep it fresh in your mind. It'll change your walk with God forever. God bless you all. Have a great week. Marianne and I were going to be in Boyne. Uh, She has a register of deeds conference for the state up there. So I guess I'm locked in a room with a, with a whirlpool tub. Hey, compliments on the county. Thank you, taxpayers. No. Uh, all right, guys. I love you all. Have a great week. If you need me, call me anytime, even while I'm in Boyne. Have a great one. God bless you all. Yeah, he needs something to do, so give him a call. <laughs>